Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It is a snowy day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'll bet it's a snowy day for many of you uh, in the United States, especially on the East Coast, but if you knew me, you would know my nickname's Frosty, which means like snow. I love snow. Not ice, but I do like snow. Uh, And boy, we have it today, let me tell you. And before we start, I also want to tell you what a wonderful time I had at the Harkin Summit. Uh, I'm Senator Harkin and his wife, Ruth, just wonderful what they're trying to do to continue, even though he's retired, his uh, crusade for employment of people with disabilities, not just here, but globally, Uh, and Secretary of Labor, Uh, Tom Perez was there, and of course, my very good friend, Yoshiko. Hello, Yoshiko. I know you listen to every show, So, um, and I love her so much. But I have to use one of the themes that Secretary, uh, I mean, Senator Harkin came up with, which I'll be saying all the time, and it is accelerate employment of people with disabilities. Accelerate employment. Boy, isn't that what we have to do? And let me tell you, we have a great leader with us today as our our guest, and she is also committed to the employment of people with disabilities, especially those living with epilepsy. I've got to tell you, I've known Peggy for a long time, and through all those years, She is the real deal. She really, really has a passion for people living with epilepsy. Uh, I mean, I couldn't speak highly enough of her. She is a wonderful person, and she is the CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. Peggy Beam Jelly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce, and thank you for such kind words. That's very nice of you. It's always an honor and, and certainly my pleasure to be on your show. And it's well, a very snowy day here in Pittsburgh. But yes, it's kind of it, getting me in the holiday spirit, I have to say. Yeah, see, you're like me. <laughs> snow, snow. I love snow. Not ice, but I do love snow. Yeah, uh, well, like Peggy. snow globe snow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like that. Uh, even those living in Florida, all across the country, they like that. <laughs> well, Peggy, let's start with you. How long have you been involved in the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA? Well, Joyce, I just this month celebrated 23 years with the organization, wow. which kind of seems amazing to me because it just doesn't feel like it could possibly be that long. But, yeah, long time. You know what? So I started Vendor Consulting Services 21 years ago, so there you are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and you have, you started with what, when you first started? uh, When I I initially started, I started working um, as a program director, so I was doing a lot of work with adult services and um, overseeing the programs that were in place at that time um, towards the end of 1993. So 
um, I was doing a lot of direct services with adults and uh, helping to oversee some of the um, school-based programs and family services that we had in place at that time. Um, and over the years, as my role expanded with the organization, um, I helped to develop some additional programs and services and sort of grew into a um, vice director's position, um, kind of a um, COO position over the years, worked very closely with my predecessor, Judy Painter. Um, and then after Judy's retirement, um, almost three years ago, I took over as a CEO. And may I say, she has been doing a spectacular job. It is an honor for me, a woman living with epilepsy, to be on the board of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. But, hey, I can't take up this whole show. I think we have a caller on the line. Darla, are you on the line? Trim, Joyce, how are you doing? Good. How about you, Darla Templeton? Uh, I am doing just fine. Hey, Darla. Hi, hi, uh, Peggy. I wanted to call in because because of that directive that uh, was put into place, and you had a lot to do with that choice. We got three people employed with the federal government uh, within the last three years. So I was really very appreciative. Wow, great. Yep, yep, yep. And then I have to tell you another story, Joyce, if you don't mind, because you're involved with it. Um, I had a, a young young girl. She was probably five years old, and her mother came into the office, and um, they were talking to me about the young girl's seizures. And, um, and, the, and the little kid was just kind of embarrassed by it all. And um, the thing that she did when she had a seizure is that she threw up. Mm. And I said, oh, boy, well, I know somebody who's very, very important who owns her own business, and when she has seizures, she throws up, too. And that little girl just smiled at me, and I could tell that she felt a whole lot better after I was able to tell your story. So thank you for sharing that story with me. Oh, hey, any, you know, people don't understand that there are so many different types of seizures, and I didn't know what it was because I would get so sick. And um, I used to think, is this a virus? You know, what is it? Uh, but, you know, anyone, any way I can help them, I'll never be ashamed. So, uh, Darla, I was glad you were able to do that. And what would you like to say to Peggy? Oh, Peggy, I just really enjoy working with you. Um, I know coming after Judy was a hard task, but you lived up to it, and you're a terrific person. And thanks so much for sitting around the table with us um, in Houston and oh, giving well, us your you insight so and, um, and your opinion. You're a very well, valuable person you, in the thank network. Thank you for, for all your help and guidance, Darla. You've been very, very helpful to me, so thank you for that. Certainly. And Darla, before you go, I want to say you have been an awesome leader for as long as I have known you. And I think it's wonderful to have you uh, representing Maud on the national board. So I'm behind you 100%, Darla. Okay. Well, thank you very much because I need your support. And um, I I really appreciate the honor of being on the national board and sitting there with you, Joyce. And I know I can always count on your uh, being honest, straightforward, and supportive of the network. That's right. You've got it. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you both. Same to Merry you. Merry Christmas Thanks to so you much, also. Darla.
<laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Such a great person. Um, Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you um, a question about uh, the Epilepsy Foundation that I've wondered, and I'm not sure I know the answer to this. How, how did this come to be? I mean, how, what caused our you to chapter, be an epilepsy? Yeah. The, 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 um, our chapter here in western central Pennsylvania um, has been around um, about 43 years, and like many nonprofit service-driven organizations, it was uh, created by a group of parents back in 1971 who had a shared concern about the fact that their children who had epilepsy and seizures that were not controlled, um, they felt that their kids were not getting the kind of attention and services and supports that they needed, began meeting in the community to support one another. Um, and they did that for several years sort of informally and um, over time got support from some of the folks at Children's Hospital, um, people like Dr. Pat Kermrine, who's still involved with the organization and, and others. Um, and um, so they did that for a while. It, it was originally incorporated um, with an, an affiliation to the national organization in 1972 um, and has just grown um, incrementally over the years since then. One of the um, very earliest leaders was a woman whose name was Polly Phillips, who had a son. Um, uh, Polly, unfortunately, passed away a number of years ago. Um, her son, Johnny, um, who, of course, is now an adult. I have, you know, shouldn't call him Johnny. John <laughs> um, is um, still living in the Pittsburgh area with family, um, and they continue to be uh, supportive of the foundation, but they were very, very instrumental in kind of getting some community leaders from the Pittsburgh area involved in some of the um, folks that we sort of think of as founding members of the board of directors involved um, to start raising significant amounts of money um, to support programs and services. But the, the real genesis, as I said, was, you know, a group of parents who got together because they needed and wanted um, supports for their children. You know what? Isn't it amazing how so many things happen because of a parent of a child with a disability? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've often said I think many of the things that are in existence today uh, in terms of supports for folks with um, any kind of special health care needs or disabilities um, are there because of the passion of parents and family members. Yeah, yeah I always like say... Jenny Thornburg, who is one right. of my personal heroes. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, you know. when you think about it, yeah. uh, former Senator Edward Kennedy with uh, his son sure. Ted. Sure. Uh, but you, you yeah. are so right. That's why I always say, Peggy, I'll say, give me the parent of a child mm-hmm. with a disability and look out. I mean, right. you know, that it is that passion by so many parents that, you know, end up causing so many great things to happen. And, you know, Peggy, when I was asking you um, about the Epilepsy Foundation and how it first came to be, I remember Judy telling me that I would never believe at the very beginning how afraid people were to come in or say they had sure. epilepsy. Is that true? Right. 
Um, it's, it continues to be true in some cases. I don't think it's quite, um, I don't think the stigma is quite as strong as it once was. Um, when I initially started working with the foundation 23 years ago, um, we did have people who would call and say, you know, they didn't want to give us their name, but they wanted us to talk to them on the phone. They wanted us to send them information in the mail, but they didn't want us to send it to them in an envelope that had the Epilepsy Foundation name or logo on the outside of the envelope because they, they, just, they were fearful that the mailman would know that they had epilepsy that kind oh, of thing. Oh, my goodness. But um, thankfully, we don't, you know, we don't seem to still get those types of calls anymore. But we still do talk to a significant number of people that I think um, talk pretty openly with us, but not necessarily with others um, in their circle or in their environment necessarily. Um, so it's still probably something that many people continue to struggle with in terms of of talking openly about it if they continue to have um, a significant problem controlling their seizures. Yeah, that is because such a stigma attached, which, you know, if you're a parent listening to the show right now and you have a young child, uh, elementary school, don't start this, don't tell anyone. Because when you say don't tell anyone, you're saying because there's something wrong with you. And again, I am not meaning when you go on a job interview to raise your hand and say, I have epilepsy, you can disclose you have a disability, but with the new 503 regulations. However, in no way, shape, or form am I saying you to disclose what type of disability you have. If, after you get a job offer, then you want to disclose because hopefully many of you will become ambassadors and not be ashamed as I am not ashamed. But, you know, when you start this don't tell anyone, it is a huge mistake. Right. Do you agree with that, Peggy? I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I, I have something I need to send to you that I just got um, today. Um, haven't actually had an opportunity to read it carefully, but I, I will certainly send it to you. It's a, it's a very good example of what you're talking about. Um, there's a new national longitudinal study on transition that was just released from um, a, a researcher in Utah. Um, and what he's found is that only 40% of the post-secondary students with disabilities who had access to and who use special education services in high school are informing their colleges about their disabilities, and only 35% of them are taking advantage of the accommodations that are available to them at the college level. And, and the reason that's important is because so many students with disabilities who, even if they start college, are not finishing college, which obviously has a major impact on their employment options. Wow. So, you know, that's kind of tied into I shouldn't tell. I shouldn't talk about it. I shouldn't admit to it. I shouldn't ask for help kinds of things, you know. So it is important for, I think, young people to be comfortable talking about their condition, particularly because it's going to be a lifelong condition in all likelihood. I mean, if you get to high school, college age, and your epilepsy or your seizures are not under control, and even if they are under control, if you're still being treated, that's something that's going to likely be with you for life, and you should be comfortable talking about it. It's certainly nothing to be ashamed of. 
So, um, you know, there are things that people probably could benefit from that they're not that would help them um, achieve more in life. So absolutely people should be comfortable talking about it. Wow, you've got to send me that study. That yeah, is unbelievable, unbelievable. So then if, uh, well, let me ask you this. How many people will have epilepsy in their lifetime? Well, according to a um, study that was done by the um, National Institutes of Medicine and released, um, it's been a couple years now, in, in 2012, um, one in 26 Americans will develop epilepsy in their lifetime. Wow. Which is a staggering number. That is a stag. How is that possible, Peggy? Well, you know, as you know, Joyce, we don't really know in many cases, probably most cases, why people have epilepsy, but there's a, there's a small continuum of folks who have um, childhood pediatric syndromes and um, epilepsy is a part of that. Um, those folks tend to be very severely impacted by their seizures. There's another end of the spectrum, and I refer to epilepsy as sort of a spectrum disorder. Um, there's, a, there's another end of the spectrum in terms of diagnosis where we know that people have suffered from head injuries or some kind of brain trauma or something of that nature, you know, a stroke. There's a, there's a reason that physicians can pinpoint a start to the seizures. Um, but really, most patients who have seizures are someplace in the middle of that spectrum, and we really just don't know why they're having seizures. So, mm-hmm. you know, and those are the folks that probably have, maybe continue to have even just one or two seizures a year, and that's very disruptive to your life. I mean, it's, it's the wondering and the waiting and the not knowing where you might be when you have a seizure or what might trigger a seizure, that kind of thing, um, you know, and, and kind of living with that that's really difficult to, to learn to cope with. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Ter- well, and then, of course, there are a lot of elderly people. I don't need people. to tell you that. Yeah. There are a lot of elderly people. Sure. Uh, sure. That also... You know, end up acquiring epilepsy. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I always tell people, be careful who you talk to because that person may have epilepsy. They're just not telling you. Right. And veterans returning from, um, you know, all of these active military arenas that we're involved in now who are exposed to repeated concussion blasts and, and may have... Um, developed epilepsy even after they've been home now for five, six, seven years, that sort of thing. Um, you know, epilepsy doesn't necessarily happen immediately. You know, you can be in a car accident or have a head injury and start to experience seizures as a result of that many years later. Right. That's right. Well, hey, we have another caller on the line, and I think it's a very, 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 very important caller. Tony, are you on the line? I sure am, Joyce. And Peggy was just oh talking goodness. about me. How are you? I'm How are you, Tony? I'm doing great. I'm one of those who have the seizure periodically and don't know when it's going to be and always wonder when you get up in the morning if you're going to have one. Right. So, Gosh. Well, Peggy, it's great to call in. Um, and Joyce told me you were on. 
I said I wanted to get on because you're extra special and, and the oh way my you goodness. And, handled uh, the affiliate and, and uh, uh, taken over. Uh, you know, I, I just admire you a lot and appreciate what you've done. So I just wanted to make sure that I was able to call and say thank you and um, make sure that uh, you and family have a wonderful Christmas and, and New Year. So. Oh my goodness, honey! I'm so honored that you called. My goodness, that that is that means so much to me to to have you do that and to hear you say that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I hope that you, you are know. well. I am well. I am well. Good. I, uh, good. Actually, feeling good and rested, so I'm uh, ready to take on the next flight. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Good, because we I'm need well. you. We can't do the fight without you. So. Oh, I tell Tony all the time, I'm not ready yet, Tony Coelho. I am not ready yet. And, you know, Tony, I never thought about this before. You know, you, you Congress, you spoke in Congress, you spoke everywhere, um, and you speak, continue to speak everywhere in front of thousands of people. You know, does that make you nervous ever, thinking, boy, I could go up there and have a seizure? I had one one time when I was speaking and this cameraman was taking uh, all these flashes, and I felt it coming, and I said, if you want to take a picture of feature, seizure, continue, but you should stop. And the guy, poor guy felt sorry for me, never took another picture after that. Um, but uh, I, I never worry about uh, uh, speaking, Joyce. I, uh, seizures or whatever... Uh, need to go to the bathroom or whatever. I just never worry about that stuff. I I love to speak. I love to educate. I love to um, uh, have people pay attention. I just think, you know, as a singer, people, you want people to hear you. Um, people in different occupations, there's something they really want people to feel and so forth. When I speak, I, I really like to say something and, and try to motivate and so I'm really into uh, what I'm saying. And uh, so I never worry about, if I have a seizure, I have a seizure. I'm not going to worry about it. So I never, I never bother about that. What I get more troubled about is uh, if I'm traveling somewhere, you know, I'm on the train or I'm on an airplane or um, I'm uh, at uh, some meeting where I'm a, a, not a... Uh, talking about disabilities, but some some type of meeting, and have one, and that people around you uh, panic and so forth. You know, I've had seizures for, as you know, George, for uh, basically six years, uh, and continue to have them. So it's the, the fear of a seizure for me is not anything, uh, but the fear of where I am and that I may. Uh, cause problems for other people uh, is what troubles me, and and so I you know I've grown to live with it. And, but waking up every morning, you think about it: though. when are you going to have it? Are you going to have it this this day, or where will you be, and that type of stuff? Right, because you know, you know, Tony, I actually was having dinner with you at the Hyatt when this happened to me, so you right. just don't know. It can just be anywhere, anytime, uh, but you just never stop. 
never stop. You are just the Energizer Rabbit. <laughs> That's right. That's my last name, George. I know. I know it is. I just thought of that. We'll just change that from bunny to rabbit. Well, Tony, you mean the world to me, and I know you mean the world to Peggy and all of us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, and I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Blessed New Year, Tony. Thank you very much, Joyce. And Peggy, thank you very much for all you do. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Tony. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How about that, Peggy? Yeah, wow. That was something. Yes. For those of you, I know you all know Tony. Yeah, I know you all know Tony was uh, the, my listeners, if you don't, he was the author of the ADA and former congressman. But in addition, he is like the person throughout the world known for being the spokesperson for epilepsy. There is no doubt about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very honored to know him and how passionate he is about epilepsy. And talking about his own epilepsy um, is just, you know, just unbelievable. Um, But anyway, you know, Peggy, something I wanted to ask you about. Now, those of you listening nationally, and by the way, Peggy, we have listeners throughout the world um, and some are in South Korea so because they replay the show. So okay. I know in South Korea they're not going to know who Froggy is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, but, right, right. But um, a lot of Pittsburghers still know that name. Sure. But, you know, Froggy, who owns Froggy's, probably the most unbelievable known bar uh, in <laughs> Pittsburgh, and he himself, such a persona, such a character that everyone knew and they knew his voice. And my question is, how did he, he well, you can tell. Sure. Didn't he do a lot for the He uh, did epilepsy? a tremendous amount for the Epilepsy Foundation here in western and central Pennsylvania. So, so um, Steve Froggy Morris, who, as you said, was the um, owner and, and uh, proprietor of a, a very well-known local restaurant bar, um, here in the Pittsburgh area, was um, the friend of um, the young man who I mentioned earlier, Johnny, um, when he was a youngster, um, of both his mother and um, his uncle. And when Johnny was uh, of the age that young people would go off to summer camp, um, Steve himself, Froggy himself, had children around the same age as Johnny, and and so, you know, everybody's kids were going off to summer camp and planning their weeks that they were going off to summer camp, and all the families were all very close, and and Frog noticed that Johnny never went to camp. And so, you know, eventually he said, what's the deal? Why doesn't Johnny ever go to camp? And And discovered that the reason Johnny never went to camp was because none of the camps would ever take Johnny because of his epilepsy and because he had active seizures. And so Froggy said to himself and to his friends, you know, that's not right. Johnny deserves to go to camp and kids who have seizures deserve to go to camp. What do we have to do to create a camp for kids so that Johnny and his friends and other kids who have epilepsy can go to camp? 
And so um, they started to have a golf tournament, and they started to raise money, and they got the doctor, again, uh, you know, the physicians and the folks at Children's Hospital involved, and they created a summer camping opportunity for kids who have epilepsy. Um, and over the years, the course of probably, t- I think, 27 or 28 years, um, raised a couple of million dollars, actually, for not just the summer camp program, but for all of our programs and services. Um, Frog was also instrumental in starting our Mardi Gras Gala, which is um, one of our biggest fundraising events still today. Um, Very, very successful, very one of our cornerstone events now. So um, he was a long, 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 long time term member of our board of directors. Um, He would do public service announcements for us and everybody in the region recognized his voice on the radio, those kinds of things. And um, and so those of you who are in our area or involved with the Epilepsy Foundation probably know that our summer camp program is called Camp Frog, um, and that is why it's called Camp Frog, <laughs> because Steve Froggy Morris was so instrumental in um, getting funding for the camp started, so much so that not only do we have the camp program, but he, he, he wanted to not just make sure the kids could go to camp, he wanted to make sure that kids would be able to go to the camp everybody else went to. So our camp is completely integrated. We go to YMCA camps that everybody else goes to. We take a pediatric neurologist, a nurse practitioner, um, some extra counselors, but, you know, we don't take 30 or 40 kids who have seizures to a separate camp. Our, our kids are completely integrated into the existing camp environment. So um, they're not segregated at all. Um, they just happen to be at camp the same week, and there's extra medical supports there. And in addition to that, Froggy wanted to make sure that nobody had to stay home because they couldn't afford the camp. So um, we now also have an endowment, and always um, when Frog was around, if somebody needed to go to camp, he made sure there was a way to pay for them to go to camp. So we've always had a scholarship program for that as well. So well, um, you know, he was a helping, pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's sad when we lost him because he was yeah, just, yeah. yeah, just so Pittsburgh. He was Pittsburgh, yep. no yep. doubt about it. He was Pittsburgh, yeah. um, but we can have more people like that to help us. But to have more people, we also have to have uh, more funding. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have uh, Peggy on today is that it is the holiday season, and this is where you can make that random act of kindness by making a donation to the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania. And you know, if you care about young people and you care about young kids living with epilepsy that are going through so much, and, of course, adults, you can make a contribution. Doesn't know, doesn't matter how much it is, it matters that you make it. So, Peggy, where would they make it? So you can do it a couple of different ways. Um, You can text us. You can send a text message to 41444. You just write one, the number one, I in the word I-N, 26, one in 26, and text it to 41444. 
and you'll get uh, directions on how to send us um, a donation through text. You can call our office at 1-800-361-5885, or you can go to our website at www.efwp.org and make a donation online. Those are the, probably the three most convenient ways. Okay, and could you give us one more time the text, mm-hmm. the it's, phone number, the, and the, the website? Phone. So if you're listening sure. and you don't have it, you have time right now to get a pen or pencil and to write this down. So let's start with the text. So you text the message 1IN26 to 41444, or you call 800 800- Three six one five eight eight five, or you visit our website at www.efwp.org. Okay, and if you go to that website, and if you get confused, listen, Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, you'll find it. But if you go to that website and you have any other questions, you can call directly. But as Correct. I said... If you're listening to the show, you know, I know I almost lost my life as a result of epilepsy, you know, resulting in an accident and brain surgery, but we, I want to help. I want to help people living with epilepsy. I want to help young people, and so does Peggy, but it does take resources to do that. So um, to get a chance for the end of the year, Make that donation. Absolutely. We would so, so, so much appreciate that. Well, Peggy, I have noticed when I meet people um, where they just found out that their child was diagnosed with epilepsy, that Mm -hmm. they are just frantic, to say the least. If someone has just found that out and they're listening to the show, no matter where they live in the United States, what would your advice be? My advice would be to contact the Epilepsy Foundation, Um, not just because I work for the Epilepsy Foundation, but because the Epilepsy Foundation is the easiest way for you to, A, connect with other people who are going through what you're going through, and B, it's your easiest way to sift through information and get to the information that's most appropriate for you. There's a ton of information on the Internet, and the Internet is fabulous, but, you know, epilepsy is not necessarily a straightforward condition. It's not necessarily an easy condition. There's lots of different types of seizures, and so if you're new to this condition, having somebody to talk to, either a staff person, another parent, um, you know, somebody who can kind of help you sift through that information and determine what is the most appropriate information for you is really very helpful. Um, And the other thing is I think it's always been very helpful for people to just know and understand that they are not alone and to kind of hear those statistics that, you know, one in 26 people are facing this Um, and to hear that it's going to be okay in all likelihood, you know, that that you'll be able to work through what you need to work through. Um, And if it's possible, I think it's best to try and find a local affiliate office to talk to because, 
you'll find out when the parent support groups are meeting, and you'll find out when local events are going on that, you know, other people in the family can connect with other folks. And, you know, there, there are just so many local supports that are available for people um, that I, I think it's helpful for your child to be able to talk to other kids who have epilepsy. I think it's helpful for siblings to meet other siblings who have family members who have epilepsy. Sometimes it's helpful for grandparents to meet one another. So, you know, the local affiliate offices are the folks who are going to be able to help you if you have issues in your schools or if you're an adult, will be able to help you with employment resources, those kinds of things. So I always feel like the doctor's office is the best and most appropriate place for you to talk about medicine and tests and blood work and all of those sorts of things, but your local affiliate office is really the best place for you to kind of pull it all together and figure out the overall plan for all the other aspects of your life. I agree. And, and boy, speaking of that, we have another caller on the line. Uh, Donna, are you on the line? I am here, Joyce. I'm here. Hey, Donna Donna Stallhart from Texas another great leader and former radio show guest, I might add. Uh, Donna, do you have a question or comment for Peggy? I, I don't have a question, but I do have a comment. And, um, and I, I just want to endorse um, the Epilepsy Foundation of Western Pennsylvania does an incredible job of working with people with epilepsy. And, and our, you know, I think, Peggy serves as a leader and role model for affiliates all over the country who are trying to emulate the kind of programs and services that she offers in her organization. And um, they they do an excellent job, and Peggy deserves a lot of credit for that. Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind, Donna. Donna is another of my mentors, so... All the, all the credit goes to all these people who have taught me how to do all these wonderful things. <laughs> she, Thank you, Donna. She is a champion. There's no question about that. Um, and we love you, too, Donna. Thank you very Absolutely. much, both of you. I enjoy talking to you. We all right. Hey, hey, have a Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Donna. Merry Christmas. Another great person right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who has dedicated her life to uh, epilepsy. Yep. Again, starting with her son, right? Yep, 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 yeah. And never never fails. That's how it is. Um, so a project that I love at our local affiliate is the Oscar Project. Would you mind telling everyone about that? Nope, not at all. Um, so the Oscar Project is um, relatively new. I think we're in our fourth year of operation right now. Um, it was established by a family who actually lost a son to epilepsy, um, and the program provides service animals, seizure response dogs to patients um, who have uncontrolled seizures. So um, we have served 10 individuals over the last three years and um, expect to do three more in in the next 12 months. So those puppies are just now, um, actually we're waiting for them to be born. So 
Um, probably this time next year we'll be placing another three. Um, and the parameters around that program are um, fairly straightforward. The family um, have put together an endowment to help support that project long term. Um, and so they're looking for folks who will be able to increase their independence as a result of having access to um, the help of a, of a service animal. So we have folks who take their dogs to school with them every day. We have folks who take their uh, dogs to work. We have a couple of folks who um, were able to move back out of mom and dad's home and back into independent living as a result of having a service animal, that kind of thing. Um, but it's really been a tremendous help to people and has been a lot of fun and um, a, a really um, fabulous resource to have available to people. Um, we've, we've been really blessed to work with a group of trainers out of Michigan who are really fabulous at what they do, and it's absolutely amazing what um, these animals can do in response to someone who's having a seizure to, to be of help to them. And could you give an example? What can they do? So all of the dogs... Um, are trained to summons 911 assistance either through a cell phone app or um, through medical alert buttons. Um, they, they all get trained on how to use the medical alert buttons um, in the home. So once the person gets home, they kind of arm the monitors, and um, if the person is by themselves and they have a seizure, um, the dog knows when to alarm the seizure, and that will summons 911 for them. Um, some of them can do that with um, cell phones that are attached to their vests. Um, we have one dog who's placed with an individual who has a VNS, and um, he wears his VNS magnet. Um, for those of your listeners who don't know, a, a VNS is a vagal nerve stimulator, which is sort of a... Um, an implant that is used to send um, electrical impulses to the brain, and if someone has a seizure, you can swipe a medical magnet across it. Um, so that young man wears his sort of on a rope um, that hangs out of his pocket, and um, when he has a seizure, he um, goes down and his heart will stop. So it's really important that his magnet gets swiped. And his dog actually knows how to pull the magnet out of his pocket from this rope, drop it on his chest, and walk around his body and swipe the magnet. That's wow. my personal favorite. <laughs> wow. That um, is amazing. Yeah. That yeah. is absolutely amazing. It's pretty well, astounding. Well, I'll bet that changes a child's life. I have no, no doubt that it would. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Peggy, you have already, as I said, you have done so much and accomplished so many great things. So what do you, what do you want to see happen in 2017? Um, for, for our territory, we have a couple of things planned. I'm, I'm really pretty intent upon making sure that we get um, some staff people in place up in the northern region um, again. Um, that that's pretty important to me. We're also going to be working on a new project um, that I'm pretty excited about um, that we're going to launch pretty quickly after the first of the year to do 
um, education and training for people who are involved in vocational um, education and transitional services for students with seizures so that um, and, and for the students themselves so that hopefully when they get to college um, they will be more willing to talk to the college folks about the fact that they have epilepsy and need some additional help. Um, and for the folks at the high school level, we really hope that it will um, make them a little bit better prepared to work with students who have seizures, get them maybe better placements and better high school level experiences for pre-employment experiences. We see a lot of folks graduating with um, missed opportunities, I guess is the best way for me to, to describe it, you know, who have gone through VOTEC programs um, that, you know, are not bad VOTEC programs, but just not appropriate for, for kids who have active seizures, you know. Um, so we're, our, our hope is that if we use our Project School Alert um, teacher training, school nurse training model, and we apply that to um, folks who are involved in transitional career planning for students who have epilepsy, and, and we give them a better understanding of epilepsy, they'll be better prepared to help those students kind of do um, more appropriate and more realistic and more effective career planning and post-secondary education planning. Um, so those are the kinds of things we have our site set on for 2017. Well, I know you'll do it. And I'm behind you 100%. So, Peggy, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, you know, I'd really like to say thank you to folks. You know, it's been, 2016 has been um, a rocky year, I think, for a lot of folks. I think a lot of people are really feeling um, a little bit weary. And um, I think through all of that, a lot of people have really stuck with us and um, have continued to support us and, and really... Um, helped us continue to achieve a lot of really important things. And so, you know, it's, it's this time of year especially, I think we um, kind of turn our thoughts to how blessed we are to have the support of our board of directors and our donors and our volunteers um, in particular. So, you know, I just really want to say thank you to everybody out there who does advocacy, to folks like you in particular and and people like Tony Coelho and, and all the other executive directors that, you know, kind of hang in there. And, and even though that fight just is exhausting all the time, um, you know, continue to motivate us and, and continue to provide us with the financial resources if you're a donor, the leadership, if um, you're on our boards or the volunteers that come out and work our events and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I guess just a great big thank you and, and stick with us and, and help us have another great year next year. And I have no doubt that you will. Uh, and, Peggy, I want to thank you so much for not only being our guest today, but for uh, the 23 years of hard work, for how you have just built a stellar organization that I'm very proud to be part of. And as you know, I'm going to say it, the best affiliate in the United States. <laughs> well, now I can't so hold much, it to not Joyce. say it. But really, I'm just so proud of you and proud of your staff and all the great things you've done. And, oh, I don't want to forget this, the Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. When February is the Mardi 28th. Gras? February when is 28th. It? February 28th, 
And we will be honoring Jerry McCleary, the CEO of Covestro. And I know Jerry, I know he will be all over this and he will love it. And so you all know, it's here in Pittsburgh and it is just the greatest event and fundraiser uh, for people living with epilepsy. So once again, before we go, what's that website? www.efwp.org. Okay. And don't forget to make a donation. And we end every quote, every show with a quote. And today it is anonymous, but it is such a great quote. I've seen several times that that I want to uh, use it. And it is, you may not see it, hear it, or smell it. But I have epilepsy, and no, it is not contagious. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Look to hear from Deb Rue next week. See you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.